so I can get there and prepare myself. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be doing October 18 today. Let's go ahead and take communion. This is a Sunday for us. Please have your elements ready. Put us on pause. Go get a piece of bread. You can use a grape juice, any kind of juice, or even water or your coffee. The water has the memory of the death of Jesus, of the baptism of Jesus. Water has memory. The blood of Jesus has memory. Lord, we thank you for Jesus Christ that was crucified on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord God, that he paid the sin to take away all our diseases, loneliness, Lord, and take away all our sins. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for doing that for us. Thank you that you're the bread of life, Lord God. And we thank you, Father, for pulling us and calling us, Lord, to your Son, Jesus Christ, that we may say yes to the cross, yes, 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 to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us to make a way for us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And you have touched our hearts and our minds and our souls for the last three, four decades, Lord. And we thank you, Lord God, that you allowed us to come into your kingdom through your Son, Jesus Christ. We do this in remembrance of what Jesus did in the cross for us. Amen. Amen. Let's go ahead and partake of the bread. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And with that, Jesus took the cup and said, This is my blood shed for you for the remissions of sins. For the covenant and the ratification of the new covenant of the new agreement. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for being our official. Thank you for going before us and pleading our cause with the Father. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving us and restoring us through the blood of the Lamb. You made it crystal clear, Lord God, that we are sanctified with you through your word. Your word is truth. It has made us whole, and we declare. So let's go ahead and partake of the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Christ. Holy, holy, holy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the Lamb that was slain from the foundations of the earth. Blessed be you, Lord Jesus. We praise you and we thank you for this sacrifice and your shed blood. Restore, Lord, restore. Restore our hearts, our minds, and our souls, Lord. Restore us, Lord God. And we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for today's Bible study. We thank you for blessing our ears, our minds, and our souls to hear what you say to the church today. In Jesus' name, amen. October 18th. I'll go ahead and start the reading, please. Jeremiah 31, 27 to 32, 44. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will greatly increase the human population and the number of animals here in Israel and Judah. In the past, I deliberately uprooted and tore down this nation. I overthrew it, destroyed it, and brought disaster upon it. But in the future, I would just as deliberately plant it and build it up. I, the Lord, have spoken. 
The people will no longer quote this proverb. The parents have eaten sour grapes, but their children's mouth pucker at the taste. <laughs> All people will die for their own sins. Those who eat the sour grapes will be the ones those mouth will pucker. This The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord, and I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. It is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day, and the moon and stars to light the night, who stirs the sea into roaring waves. His name is the Lord of heaven's armies, and this is what he says. I am as likely to reject my people Israel as I am to abolish the laws of nature. This is what the Lord says. Just as the heavens cannot be measured and the foundations of the earth cannot be explored, so I will not consider casting them away for the evil they have done. I, the Lord, have spoken. The day is coming, says the Lord, when all Jerusalem will be rebuilt for me. From the tower of Hananel to the corner gate, a measure line will be stretched out over the hill of Gareb and across to Goa, and the entire area, including the graveyard and ash dump in the valley, and all the fields out of the Kindred Valley on the east as far as the Horn Gate, will be holy to the Lord. This The city will never again be captured or destroyed. The following message came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah. This was also the eighteenth year of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar. Jerusalem was under siege from the Babylon army, and Jeremiah was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace. King Zedekiah had put him there, asking why he kept giving this prophecy. This is what the Lord says, I am about to hand this city over to the king of Babylon, and he will take it. King Zedekiah will be captured by the Babylonians and taken to meet the king of Babylon face to face. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, and I will deal with him there, says the Lord. If you fight against the Babylonians, you will never succeed. At that time, the Lord sent me a message. He said, Your cousin, Hanamel, son of Shalom, will come and say to you, Buy my field at Anathoth. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. Then just as the Lord has said he would, my cousin Hanel came and visited me in the prison. He said, Please buy my field at Hanathoth in the land of Benjamin. By law, you have the right to buy it before it is offered to anyone else. So buy it for yourself. Then I knew that the message I had heard was from the Lord. So I bought the field at 
Anathoth, paying Hanamel 17 pieces of silver for it. I sign and seal the deed of purchase before witnesses, weighing out the silver and paying him. Then I took the sealed deed and an unsealed copy of the deed, which I contained the terms and conditions of the purchase. And I handed them to Barak, son of Neriah, and grandson of Messiah, Mahis, Mahisiah. I did all this in the presence of my cousin Hanamel, the witness who had signed the deed, and all the men of Judah who were there in the courtyard of the guardhouse. Then I said to Baruch, as they all listened, This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Take both this sealed deed and the unsealed copy and put them in a potter's jaw to preserve them for a long time. For this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Someday people will again own property here in this land and will buy and sell houses and vineyards and fields. Then after I had given the papers to Barak, I prayed to the Lord. O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one generation's sin upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of all people and you give them what they deserve. You perform miracle signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Things still remember to this day and you have continued to do great miracles in Israel and all around the world. You have made your name famous to this day. You brought Israel out of Egypt with mites, these signs and wonders with a strong arm and powerful arm and with overwhelming terror. You gave the people of Israel this land that you had promised their ancestors long before, a land flowing with milk and honey. Our ancestors came and conquered it and lived in it, but they refused to obey you or follow your word. They have not done anything you commanded. This is why you have sent this terrible disaster upon them. See how the siege ramps have been built against the city walls. Through war, famine, and disease, the city will be handed over to the Babylonians. Who will conquer it? Everything has happened just as you said, and yet, O sovereign Lord, you have told me to buy the field, paying good money for it before these witnesses, even though the city will soon be handed over to the Babylonians. Then this message came to Jeremiah from the Lord. I am the Lord, the God of all people of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I will hand this city over to the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will capture it. The Babylonians outside the walls will come in and set fire to the city. They will burn down all these houses where the people provoke my anger by burning incense to Baal on the rooftop and by pouring out liquid offerings to other gods. Israel and Judah have done nothing but wrong since their earliest days. They have infuriated me with all their evil deeds, says the Lord. From the time this city was built until now, it has done nothing but anger me, so I am determined to get rid of it. 
The sins of Israel and Judah, the sins of the people of Jerusalem, the kings, the officials, the priests, and the prophets have stirred up my anger. My people have turned their backs on me and have refused to return. Even though I diligently taught them, they would not receive instructions or obey. They have set up their abominable idols right in my own temple, defiling it. They have built pagan shrines to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hinnom, and there they sacrifice their sons and their daughters to Molech. I have never commanded such a horrible deed. It never even crossed my mind to command such a thing. What an incredible evil causing Judah to sin so greatly. Now I want to say something more about this city. You have been saying it will fall to the king of Babylon through war, famine, and disease. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I will scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people, and I will be their God, and I will give them one heart and one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and for the good of all the descendants. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good for them. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. I will find joy doing good for them, and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. This is what the Lord says. Just as I have brought all these calamities on them, so I will do all the good I have promised them. Fields again will be bought and sold in this land, about which you now say, it has been ravaged by the Babylonians, a desolated land where people and animals have all disappeared. Yes, Fields will once again be bought and sold. These sign and seal and witness in the land of Benjamin and here in Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah and in the hill country, in the foothills of Judah and in the Negev too. For some day I will restore prosperity to them. I, the Lord, have spoken. Woo! Beautiful, wonderful, incredible. Let me go ahead and read the uh, today's study while you gather your notes, please. The people tried to blame God's judgment on their sins of their parents. This is a pretty common complaint people have toward God. While they may be suffering from the effects of other sins, they are completely ignoring some of their own sins. One person's sins does, does indeed affect other people, but all people are still held personally accountable for their sins in their own lives. Deuteronomy 24.16, Ezekiel 18.2. While we may feel it's unfair that we presently suffer because of other people's sins, we must also remember that when God judges the whole world, He will make all things right and do justly by every person. Each person will be punished only for what he or she has done, no more or no less. But beyond God's accurate justice is His generous grace. In Christ, God has offered to take away all the judgments we deserve and give us only good things. That doesn't mean we won't suffer because of sins in the world, but it does mean that God will more than make up for it when he makes all things new. This is the hope of the new covenant, Jeremiah 13.3. Wow. 
there's another section here about uh about the new promise that God, the new covenant God has pointed. The high point in the announcement of the Lord God will form a new covenant to his people. It points towards Jesus of Nazareth, whose death will seal this new covenant. Isn't that funny? I decided to take a communion and we haven't done it. And then it smacks, talks about the new covenant. I mean, that's God, if you don't believe. I mean, what a coincidence. I just happened to desire to have a covenant a relationship of acknowledging mm-hmm. Jesus and here it is where it first represents and God is prophesying about it that he will put his laws in our mm-hmm. hearts mm-hmm. and we will move automatically mm-hmm. and I won't have to say know the Lord because everyone will know him you know we all have an inkling yes, that the Lord yes. God is in our hearts and I've been at it for 40 years and my inkling is still roaring like the sun and never finishing not this morning, in the, a song came to me. It's a beautiful song of Maranatha, just like a child worshiping his father. Just peaceful, the joy of the Lord. All right, Anna? <clears throat> wow, this is certainly a lot to, um, to meditate on. <laughs> um, well, what did you underline? Kind of curious. Uh, just a lot of stuff. The 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 part that you just spoke of is is if, um, where the Lord says that. Uh, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel on that day, says the Lord. I will put my instructions deep within them. Wow, that's deep, right? <laughs> I mean, that's everybody. Very deep, huh? Everybody's going to get this, Lord. I mean, he can, right? I wow. mean, so that's the excitement part. Um, and, he's, and, and we have a conscience. He's wrote this on, on all of us. So we know the difference. We're going to automatically know this is right, this is wrong. No longer do I need the tablet to tell me. You know, the, the old handwriting or whatever of the... the uh, the Ten Commandments to tell me I need I don't need to read it on the tablet to know it or be taught that it's in my heart already. The laws of the Lord are in, in, in embedded deep in my heart and my soul and my conscience. Right. <clears throat> so that that is uh, that was pretty amazing. Um, but it says I will be their God. And they will be my people. OK, well. He's our God. We're his people. That's fantastic. Um, and they will not need to teach their neighbors, nor will they need to teach their relatives, saying, you should, you should know the Lord, for everyone from the least to the greatest will know me already, says the Lord. And I will forgive their sins, wickedness, and I will never again remember their sins. Now, that is very, very important for us to take note. I think if we walk away... You know, I, I guess it's amazing to me that Jesus hasn't arrived yet, and this is what God's plan is already, and it's being prophesied out mm-hmm. in Jeremiah. I mean, that to me is like it ought to blow our minds a little bit. Well, not blow our minds, but it ought to just go, wow. It was long before the a plan of God to do that for, for us. Now... <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's see. So, yeah. Um, 
And and at the the next paragraph kind of gives us a little bit of who he is, his majesty, his you know, his greatness. It says it's the Lord who provides the sun to light the day. Well, have you thanked him for that today? You know, when you see the sun, it's the Lord that's providing that to all of us in this universe. Um and who's and who um and the moon and the stars to light the night. And he stirs the sea into the roaring waves. I mean, <clears throat> it says his name is the Lord of the heaven armies. And then it goes down a little bit. Just as the heavens cannot be measured and the foundations of the earth cannot be explored. Wow, that's how huge is that? We can't even measure <laughs> how big, you know. Sometimes my niece Natalie asks me, how big is Jesus? How big is he? This big? She puts it, I'm not going, even bigger. You know, it's hard for, for me to explain to her. He's bigger than everything, you know. And but how, I, how old is she? She's uh, six. Amen. <clears throat> asking those questions at, at six years old that some adults ought to be asking, you know. But anyway, um, I think that's the one thing I'm walking away with today is that um, the Lord is, you know, going to protect Israel also that and that um uh, oh and then you know one thing from that scripture that we just were focusing on here is and I will forgive their wickedness and I will never again remember their sins so now in this new covenant the lord has has written his his laws in our hearts we know him from the least to the greatest but it says, I will be their God and they will be my people. So you're in a family. You have been, if you believe in Jesus, you've already been engrafted into his family automatically. And it says that, I mean, this is the part that we ought to just hang on to. And I will forgive their wickedness. And I will never again. Okay. Never, you always tell me you don't say never, Anna, but in this case, I can say never, right? Amen. And I will never again remember their sins, okay? So, <clears throat> we're going to make mistakes along the way, okay? But if we keep our focus on the Word of God, if we meditate on it, if we read it, meditate on it, ponder it, chew on it, God is going to lead us to do things his way. And and that's where we that's where we stay in the middle of the path that he has for the paths of righteousness that he has for us. You know, the book will remind you. Jesus will remind you, "Hey, Fernando, I've already forgiven that. Don't you remember? You know, I took every stripe upon my back so that you could be healed, Anna. Don't you remember?" So these things are what keeps us grounded is is recalling God's word speaking it out and just by faith like a child knowing that this is the truth so when the world starts crumbling around you and this is they're saying this and they're saying that and the famine's over here and the climate crisis is down there you're a child you're in this kingdom of God where you will be taken care of and you just Walk by faith and say, God is a good God. You know, what else can you do? You can't change the events taking place. They're already 
predestined, you know, before Jesus comes back again. So, <clears throat> so I think that that's a pretty good thing to hang on to. It says, I will never again remember their sins. Okay. We're his people. And in this new covenant that Jesus has wiped away our sins. Now that doesn't mean he's wiped everything away and I'm going to go do all these crazy things. Steal a, a new coach purse or, a, you know, just do things like that. that. That's not what it means. It just means that the grace of God and the mercy of God, you know, even in our, our own wickedness that we did in the past, if we, be, if we believe in Jesus, he remembers our sins no more. So guess what? That means you don't have to remember your sins and keep recalling them and keep living them because now you're becoming like, are you your own savior or not? So you have to look to Jesus and believe that this is what he says he's going to do. And it's done. I don't have to I don't have to wallow in depression. I don't have to have thoughts of killing myself for for doing something so bad. Um, I don't have to walk with my head down. I walk with my head up because I'm a child of the Most High God and I'm a, I'm a son or a daughter of a king. I'm in royalty now. And when you're in royalty, you stand, stand and you walk, you know, who you are. You acknowledge that that's your identity and that's that. You know, you, that's, you've got to keep working on that identity. And in this word, it'll show you who you are. You're somebody. Amen, amen. You know, to in a nutshell, uh, Anna hit the, the very good points of, uh, you know, I sold real estate, I sold stocks and bonds and annuities. I was part of the civil service in San Diego where we sold, uh, we tried to make uh, future annuities for the retiring military men, Marines, Navy, and I had access to their phone numbers where they lived and so forth. So, more more like I was like an agent representing this civil service and offering annuities. And again, I did it. I didn't succeed, but I got an, uh, ideas in the written contract. And then when I got, I tried it again with uh, a din, uh, selling stocks and bonds and so forth and contracts and real estate insurances. And now I understand that... Uh, in the 12-step movement, they say, write down uh, on a piece of paper, mm. just imagine your land being the land of Israel destroyed by our sins because God got mad at us, so allowed sin to contaminate us. Mm. Now we're in the process of being restoration. Yes. So God says, now you're going to go through, through truth or consequences. You're going to write down the truth on a piece of paper, mm. and, you, and you're going to write down all your junk, the fourth and fifth step in the tradition. Wow. It's going to stay there. It's going to come out of you because even though Jeremiah's prophecies were on the process of coming true, are, you know, the, the consequences, like King Zedekiah still ignored the message and his people continue to be in their denial. We too are good at hiding the truth and living in denial. We scheme to hide our dependencies and other problems from others. We even hide the truth from ourselves. We cannot move forward or recover properly from problems that we refuse to admit. We need to face the fact that our lives are out of control and we are headed for destruction. Once we have done that, written the fourth and fifth step, all our junk and so forth, 
you know, and, and acknowledge it with someone else. I did this wrong, mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. And then you bury that, you know, and you get it out of yourself into a piece of paper. Just like the land said, write it down and put it in a, in a jar so it will preserve. And they wrote down the, the uh, you know, the land. They're, they're, they wrote down their intentions. So we write, write down a letter to God. I'm sorry I did this, sorry that, that. And then, and then you admit it to another human being. You know, you get in front of like your sponsor, your 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 uh, spiritual advisor yeah. mm-hmm. or a priest, and then you get rid of it. Okay. Once we have done that, we can give our sins and our problems to over to God, and now allow Him to start delivering us and restore us. Now we can rejoice. Now we have done, and like Anna said. We don't have to go out there and suicide ourselves now because we have done the required process. We have written it down on a contract and left it there for for and done the required. There's something about the written word. God wrote his word. He wrote everything he was going to do on the earth, and it came to pass. It says that he magnifies his word above his name, above his head. The, the word has so much to do with our existence and our living, writing things down, and, and letting it stay there. When a new person comes in with the land all beat up, red, full of bleeding, and everything not working in their lives because of their sins, because they have ignored God. Mm-hmm. The first thing a good person tells them, write all the people you're mad at. Mm-hmm. And then we and then we get, we go around and says, now what was your part? Admit it. Get the denial out of it. What was your part? Well, I shouldn't have been there. Well, I enticed it. Well, I kind of caused it. Well, mm. I should have been in school. I should. I was in the wrong place. I was being lazy and then this situation. So you write everything down and you bury it. You acknowledge it with another person. That is, you're in the process of restoration. The point I'm getting at real quick, like, is once you've done this, then you start thanking God for your sin. Because your sin was the catalyst to push you into heaven. Our sin was the was the nagging uh, bill collector that we finally had to come to terms with it and come to terms with God, and right because we we're on the area of destruction, denial would take millions of people into destruction. Writing it down helps us to become vulnerable and humble, and once we're that, then the God can start to restore us, guide us, and we rejoice because there's no more guilt. That's all I got to say about that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, just one more note on um, in 17, um, where he prays. Uh-huh. And he says, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and power arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show unfailing love to thousands, but you also bring the consequences of one's generation sin upon the next. You are the great and powerful God, the Lord of heaven's armies. You have all wisdom and do great and mighty miracles. You see the conduct of the people and you give them what they deserve. You perform miraculous signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. Things still remember to this day. And you continue to do miracles in Israel and all around the world. And you've made your name famous to this day. Now, You know, sometimes we forget, you know, who God is. He made the heavens and the earth. And his arm is powerful and strong. And there is absolutely not a thing that's too difficult 
too difficult for him to help you in your situation. So we forget those things. And that's why we meditate on the word of God. So you know him better. You know what he's capable of. You know how faithful he is. You know what he promised you. You know that he wants to infuse hope into us. So, <clears throat> you know, every situation, you know, knowing you have a mighty God who created the heavens and earth, there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. And that's what we want to remember. Is my problem too difficult for God? Of course not. So, um, I like that a lot. And we just recall that. It is interesting that God asked them to take the sealed copy, the one we're going to destroy, and the unsealed copy uh, for others to witness and see. Your written, your written agreement and put them in a pottery jar to preserve them for a long time. For well, this is what the Lord of Heaven's army says to God of Israel. Someday we will be restored when we do the fourth and fifth step. People will again own property here in this land, and I will buy and they will buy and sell houses, vineyards, and fields. In other words, we will be restored to a happy existence of the way God uh, designed. You know, he designed, signed it that we will not be contaminated with sin. Mm -hmm. And he is a just God. We got contaminated with sin the day we were born. We were sinful. But now that we're grown up, we have to reparent ourselves and, and call a duck a duck. and said, hey, my actions are sinful. I need to do something. I keep habitually doing the same thing down over and over again. So you have to write it down. You have to write it down so the junk will stay on the piece of paper. And then, you know, write down two copies. <laughs> one of them, go bury it and burn it somewhere in between you and God. And the other one, go show to your, to your advisor. And, and, and be embarrassed in front of somebody. And then get all that junk out. Because this is what the Lord requires. That's why our lives are not running well. We ha we're in denial. We haven't come to terms. Every sin is against God. Every sin, he's there. He's right inside of us. He sees us. So, you know, we have to acknowledge, Lord, continually, Jesus said he continually cleanses through the blood of Jesus in 1 John 1 through 5. So after we had done that, the future sins, we ask Jesus, please forgive me with your blood by taking communion. And then our flesh and our minds and our souls are restored. And we're ready for a new happiness, for a new new blessing for this day. Okay, babe. Okay. Thank That's you. It. Okay, so... um. I will go ahead and start. Um, well, Amen. One more closing comment. <laughs> Sorry, this is just too much, too good stuff here. Um, as we got to the end of this, he reiterates again at the end, starting at um, 37. I will certainly bring my people back again from all the countries where I will scatter them in my fury. I will bring them back to this very city and let them live in peace and safety. They will be my people and I will be their God and I will give them one heart, one purpose to worship me forever for their own good and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop. I love this. I will never stop doing good for them. Okay. If you can just take that one sentence and plant it in your spirit, 
I will never stop doing good for you, Fernando. I will never stop doing good for you, Anna, and for your family members. You know, you take that and hang on to it. I will put a desire in their hearts to worship me, and they will never leave me. Okay? So once we once we come and believe in Jesus, we're there to stay. We're not gonna we're not gonna leave him. It says that the scripture says he doesn't leave us, but we're also not gonna leave him, depart from him, because he's too good. I will find oh, this is so good. It says, I will find joy doing good for them and will faithfully and wholeheartedly replant them in this land. So, you know, no matter what has happened, the Lord will never stop doing good for you because it gives them great joy. And he will just do good for you and faithfully and wholeheartedly replant you. Amen. Wherever you're at. And that's what he's done. When I, when I read this, he, I think of the land where we live now. The land of milk and honey and so grateful and so peaceful that God has brought us to mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. this town. Because mm-hmm. I came from a town that was, you know, I couldn't get on my driveway because of the parties that people were going on. And, wow. and the, the violence and the uh, sirens and the helicopters and all the shouting on and then bring bring me to a place where it's so peaceful, very very peaceful, very calm, and and it's kind of like a gift for serving God. He did this to me. Yeah, and and this is even it's powerful because it says it again. Because remember, it said it at the beginning. You know, they'll I'll be their God. And, um, let's see. Um, they will be my people, and I will be their God. It's the second time it's being spoken. So, but but you know, if you could just. Wrap your arms around this one thing. I will never stop doing good for them. So God is never going to stop being good to you. And that ought to just lift you right out of your seat, jumping for joy to worship him for, for being such a good dad, a good daddy and a good, a good father to us. Who, you know, it's a per- he's a personal God. He's not a God that's, that we don't know. He's right in our hearts. He's, you know, it's, I can't explain. It's just, a, he's personal with us, you know, from our thoughts that we, that we think, you know, how he speaks to us in different ways. Everybody's uniquely made, you know, he cares about the details, you know, whatever your little issues are in the day. He cares about that. So just start talking to him and just bring him along side of you every day where even if you're going to the grocery store i always do that and when i do that i get great deals <laughs> so anyway that was just you know amazing book of jeremiah i really enjoyed uh reading through this it was really good stuff thank you lord amen amen i since you're elaborating let me uh read most asked questions, what is the new covenant that God has promised? In a nutshell, let's cover it over because okay. it's so good. It's and so it's, good. It's right here. Do you have the same one? Yeah, most asked questions. Uh-huh. Would you like to read it? Sure. It says, what is the new covenant that God promised? One section in the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah 30, verse 1 to thirty-three twenty-six, stands out in the Old Testament for its optimistic view of Israel's future. The, the high point is the announcement that the Lord God will form a new covenant with his people, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34. 
it points towards Jesus of Nazareth, whose death would seal this new covenant. The relationship between God and his people envisioned in the Sinai covenant was surrounded by laws and priests. The new covenant would differ from the old in the one primary way. It would no longer be external to the worshipers, but would now be written on their hearts. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three. This brought a new context to a key affirmation of the Sinai covenant. I will be their God and they will be my people. Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three. See also Exodus 6, 7. Instead of being God's people outwardly, they would be God's people inwardly. Beautiful, Amen. Huh? Well done. The old covenant lacked the power. This is to empower people to do what's commanded. Romans 8, 3. The new covenant would be empowered by the Holy Spirit, made possible through the sacrifice of Christ. Ezekiel 36, 24 to 27. Thus, it would, it would become possible for people everywhere, not just a select few, to fulfill God's covenant plan for life as summed up in the two great commandments, Matthew twenty-two thirty-five to 40. You must love the Lord your God, Deuteronomy 6, 5, and love your neighbor as yourself, Leviticus nineteen eighteen. In the new covenant, God's role as creator goes beyond making all material objects. The new covenant would create new persons and a new community. The goal is a deep transformation of sinners beginning with forgiveness of sins and culminating in a holiness exemplified by good works. Ephesians 1, 4, 2, 8 to 10. According to the New Testament, all believers in Jesus Christ will know him directly by the activity of the Holy Spirit. They will know him personally and experience him powerfully as only a few did in the Old Testament times. Jesus applied the new covenant to himself when he instituted communion, Luke 22, 20. Jesus' death inaugurated the new covenant and Christians commemorate that reality each time they take communion. (laughs) Amazing. That is a true coincidence. Yeah, coincidence. I just want to add that in Romans uh, 4.1, it says, Therefore, there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And then again, Paul says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. Yes. In other words, those are character defects in the 12-step program. That's 6 and 7 that we watch out for these character defects, which is Anger, jealousy, resentments, fear. And uh, in First John, if you have a lot of fear, you have not uh, successfully done the third step. You haven't turned your life and your actions over to the care of God successfully. And if that continues to be a problem, then the fact is, is that we go to the writing process. And we write down and we go deep, we go long and write down all our sins and so they'll stay in the paper, folks. I did not believe that. But the more I, the 40 years that I've been at this and observing people, just last night, it, it went through me. We, the fact is that there's a miracle in the simple fact of writing things down. Just like Jeremiah wrote that contract down in the face of fears. Going to be 70 years of, of it just desolated land. They're going to be away. Jeremiah didn't see all that, but he did save 
and it followed through that it's funny that he buried in the land. The land has the presence of God. The land is intelligent. The land reproduces what it plants, you know, like a seed. And then everyone else was able to, why would God tell him such a, such a remarkable thing? Why would God have, he's in jail and he's reaching out. So apparently he had, there was a banker there. There was witnesses there around the courtyard where he was in jail in, in, in the, in the, it's just an amazing process of, uh, to, so in other words, if you still, I was with Christ, we have people with Christ, but you still have doubts, you have fear, you have, so one of those things, if you're having those situations, then we need to do a thorough uh, 12-step program, a cleansing, if you will. Some people go into meditation and so forth, we go deep and we find those those roots that are deep, deeply indebted to us through words, through words, through our parents and other people or ourselves, what we tell ourselves. So, hey, you want to do a, a cleansing of the computer? Go deep, go long. Even uh, Overeater Anonymous, they have the 12-step program. Uh, so many programs. Gambling Anonymous, uh, Marijuana Anonymous, Oversexy Anonymous. <laughs> uh, the other one is, uh, there's about 60 groups in that area. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, let's move on to the New Testament, which is 1 Timothy 3, 1 to 16. This is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. So an elder must be a man whose life is above reproach. He must be faithful to his wife. He must exercise self-control, live wisely, and have a good reputation. He must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must be able to teach. He must not be a heavy drinker. Oh, even covers that here. (laughs) (laughs) Or be violent. And he must be gentle, not quarrelsome, and not love money. Wow. So... He must manage his own family well, having children who respect and obey him. For if a man cannot manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? An elder must not be a new believer because he might become proud, and the devil would cause him to fall. Also, people outside the church must speak well of him so that he will not be disgraced and fall into the devil's trap. In the same way, deacons must be well-respected and have integrity. They must not be heavy drinkers or dishonest with money. They must be committed to the mystery of the faith, now revealed and must live with a clear conscience. Before they are appointed as deacons, let them be closely examined. If they pass the test, then let them serve as deacons. In the same way, their wives must be respected and not slander others. They must exercise self-control and be faithful in everything they do. A deacon must be faithful to his wife and he must manage his children and his household well. Those who do well as deacons will be rewarded with respect from others and will have increased confidence in their faith in Christ Jesus. I am writing these things to you 
now, even though I hope to be with you soon, so that if I'm delayed, you will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of truth. Without question, this is a great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Amen. That's good. Amen. Would you uh, please use your computer and go to the Amplified and read uh, that mystery that says? Okay. Uh, Christ was revealed in a human body and vindicated by the Spirit. Mm -hmm. He was seen by angels and announced to the nations. He was believed throughout. To be a church leader is a heavy responsibility because the church belongs to God and the church leader represents him. It is good to want to be a spiritual leader, but the standards are high. The criteria for leadership have, have more to do with character than with accomplishments. Church leaders should not be elect because they are popular, nor should they be allowed to push their way to the top. Instead, they should be chosen by the church because of their respect for the truth, both in what they believe and in how they live. Are these the criteria you have for your leaders? Do you have a position of spiritual leadership, or would you like to be a leader someday? Examine Paul's standards of excellence. Those with great responsibility must meet high expectations. All believers, even if they never plan to be church leaders, must strive to follow these guidelines because they are consistent with what God says. It's true and right. You know, if you create a family of love, if you're raised with love, your children will love and naturally respect you. You naturally would do by instinct the, the natural uh, loving thing and with love uh, it just goes into the church and to other people Just a, a loving person cannot be offended right uh, Right here a loving person cannot be have pride you know so right away this is you know we're full of uh, it's amazing people say well this pastor didn't that that pastor ran after this that you know and they pull them out so many pastors get pulled out of their positions, you know, and they can't find a pastor. They go through pastors like crazy, but who can, you know, they, you know, they, if anybody suspects of you, they, you're out. Yeah. It's, that's why I love the uh, 12 step program because we just believe the best of you. We, as long as you have a commitment and a heart to keep doing this thing, you know, it just purifies you. Belief purifies us and love. Thank you. Okay. Um, okay, you okay, got it. So yeah, I I actually went into it's kind of just says the same thing it amplified. It says um in this first Timothy 3:16 it says and great we confess is a mystery the hidden truth of godliness. He, Jesus Christ, who was revealed in human flesh, was justified and vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. Wow. See, it says it was done in the in the heavenlies, in the spirit. spirit. It was justified. And that's where he defeated Satan in that area. 
and then he allowed us to come in with great care. He brought us into heaven. He ushered us, you know, the way, the truth, and the life mm -hmm. through what he did in his spirit, you know. Yes. Now, Listen. let me just read the TPT. Yeah. The, the Passion Translation. TPT it to us, baby. The, the Passion Translation. The Mystery of Righteousness. Okay. So it says, For the mystery of righteousness is beyond all question. He was revealed as a human being and as our great high priest in the spirit. Angels gazed upon him as a man. And the glorious message of his kingly rulership is being preached to the nations. Many have believed in him. And he has been taken back to heaven. And has ascended into the place of exalted glory in the heavenly realm. Yes, great is this mystery of righteousness. Amen. Wow, that uh, amplified great. That, the, the mystery of righteousness. Yeah, the, no, this is the, t the Passion the Translation. Yeah. yeah, the earlier one I read it was the... Amen. Well, I have a commentary. Paul had been reminded, the Ephesians believers, that the way to godly living is never easy. We all know this. We have already recognized that we cannot do it alone. Even with God's powerful help, each step of confession and healing can be painful. Yet Jesus Christ has paid the debt for our sins and failures. He has paved the way for our, our transformation and renewal and recovery and will stand beside each step of the way. As difficult as, as to do this process may be, Jesus Christ can give us the power to start over. He already has been resurrected to a new life. He now offers us the same. Okay? Our spirits and our, and our born again and so forth, but our minds and our emotions are, are still, you know, they're still dead. We have to revive them. We have to keep... One of the things you want to do is if something keeps bothering you, you just punch it in the nose. Say, I thank God I did that because, yep, I'm glad I did that. I stole from so-and-so. I'm glad I did it. God will make it right. You punch it in the nose to keep your mind and your soul current with what Jesus has done. You know, I sighed to do what Jesus has given me to do. And I thank God I did that. I thank God the sin has pushed me to God. So it's become... And it's covered by the blood of Jesus already. Amen. So. Now, praying the song. Be honest with God about how you are and how you're feeling. Ask Him to show you His love. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you show us who we are and how we feel and what the priorities are. And show us your love, Lord. Thank you for your love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalms 88, 1 through 18. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry to you by day. I come to you at night. Now hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For my life is full of troubles and death draws near. I am as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me to the dead. And like a corpse in a grave, I am forgotten, cut off from your care. Take over, Anna. You have thrown me into the lowest pit, into the darkest depths. Your anger weighs me down. With wave after wave, you have engulfed me. You have driven my friends away by making me repulsive to them. I am in a trap with no way of escape. My eyes are blinded by my tears. 
Each day I beg for your help, O Lord. I lift my hands to you for mercy. Are your wonderful deeds of any use to the dead? Do the dead rise up and praise you? Can those in the grave declare your unfailing love? Can they proclaim your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Can the darkness speak of your wonderful deeds? Can anyone in the land of forgetfulness talk about your righteousness? O Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? I've been sick and close to death since my youth. I stand helpless and desperate before your terrors. Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. They swirl around me like blood waters all day long. They have engulfed me completely. You have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. You know, I, I just want to add that this this psalm is kind of gloom and doom, yeah, like it's you. not born again. Right. And and this is not written by Solomon. It's not written by King David. It was written by a heman of the Ezraite, the suffering of affliction. Um, mm. Wow. Anyway, sometimes I skip over these psalms to tell you the truth because there's, you know, there's really no. Uh, yep, I did it, and I'm over yeah. that. We're, yeah. we're 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 in the, we're in the new covenant, right? Exactly. We got to be careful because we just read and and talked so much about it, the new covenant, how awesome it is. It says, "Darkness is my closest friend." I right. say, it's like Igor, yeah. you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor me. Thanks for clarifying that. I was at the same thing. I'm like. How we tie this back to the people to let them know that, you know. Amen. It says, bring out the tambourine, shout and loud and sing for joy for the love of the Lord. Has, you have the victory. Has, you have has, the victory. His springs and the Lord has come and overwhelmed Amen. with joy and laughter. Amen. Joy. Amen. And abundance of goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the, the supplies of today. Amen. The supplies will come if we shall have them. It will surely come. Amen. Amen. We are easily and happily receiving the supplies of the Lord of this day. The yes. Lord says, sufficient for the day is the troubles, and sufficient for the day are the supplies, the benefits. Yes. All right, the restoration. Yeah. So we, yes. we, whatever we concentrate on will grow. Yes. If we concentrate on the limitations, they will, they will hang in there. If we right. concentrate on the abundance and right. be thankful of the, what do we have good that's left, what do we have? We have our ears, our eyes. We're thankful for our bones, our muscles. Our muscles never grow old. Our muscles are strong. And that is our, our they are our friends. So exercise, loving God, thanking God as we walk, breathing profoundly, and activating His benefits. As we walk, we say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, my liver, my pancreas, my heart, my mind, my eyes, and forget none of his benefits. Come on now. Who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, who redeems my life from destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed by the ego. Amen. Proverbs 25, 20 and 22. 
Sing cheerfully songs to a person with a heavy heart. Singing is like taking someone's coat in cold weather or pouring vineyard in a wound. Vinegar. Vinegar. Don't do it. If your enemies are hungry, give them food to eat. If they are thirsty, give them water to drink. Bless our enemies, Lord God. We thank you for today's reading. We bless them, and the blessings of the Lord be upon them. Thank you for coming on today. We love you. Have a great day. Amen. God God bless bless you. you guys.